This is The Open Podcast, designed to raise awareness about the LGBTQ plus experience and shed light on the LGBTQ plus issues and challenges. It is our hope that increased awareness will foster respect and support for this community. We offer this podcast with open hearts and open minds, and we are open to talk about it. Welcome to The Open Podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm Tasha Thompson. Thank you for joining us today. As the mother of a gay son, I thought I had it all figured out, but I actually didn't even touch the surface. The challenges that the LGBTQ plus community face each day. So today we will be talking to my son, who has been one of my greatest educators on this topic. Hi guys, I'm Cross. I am 19 years old and I'm going to be a sophomore at Florida State University studying psychology. I am also a proud member of the LGBTQ plus community. So I was very naive um, to what I perceived as being all good and accepting. I guess because Ellen has a show and we have Gay Pride Month. I thought that the LGBTQ plus community was accepted and that everything was great. I mean, actually, I almost kind of saw it as being like, trendy and cool. But when I said to you one day, you're so lucky, the world's now accepting. And you looked at me like I was crazy. I then in that moment knew that I had no idea and that you still faced a lot of challenges. So can you just tell us some of the challenges in everyday life that you face? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to start off by kind of defining the word privilege. I feel like everyone, when they hear that word, it's immediately like a fighting word or triggers some sort of fight or flight in everyone. So I just kind of want to define privilege because you'll hear me say it a lot. Um, Privilege is defined as a special right, advantage, or immunity granted or available to a particular person or group of people. That being said, I want to emphasize that everyone in some form or another has a certain amount of privilege. So it is, I think the connotation of the word has kind of been um, miscued throughout society, but uh, you know, people can be privileged because of race, gender, sexuality, income, or any other reasons. And, you know, and that becomes very important because the word privilege is prominent when we're talking about everyone's basic human rights. So I kind of want to flip the question and uh, ask you, do you believe that me being able to get married was a basic human right? Um, That's interesting, you know, because that's something like that we don't really even think about, you know, Mm -hmm. you grow up thinking one day I'm going to get married and I'm going to, you know, it's just something that is a basic human right for most people. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. Um, And, you know, I'm sure it's something you've, like you said, you never really thought about because you've never, you've always been privileged enough to be able to get married, you know, prior to Obama legalizing same-sex marriage in 2012, I thought about marriage every day. I thought about would I be able to get married to a man I love? Would I be able to have a family or would I have to move to another state and uh, to be able to do that? And, you know, currently 
out of the 195 countries around the world, 29 countries uh, recognize same-sex marriage. And that is just marriage. That's not including civil unions, et cetera, et cetera. And that's also not including the other systemic problems that um, also coincide with the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah, it's interesting to me when people actually say that they're not able to get married or that mm-hmm. this is something new when most people just see that as an absolute norm. Mm-hmm. So um, can you just give me some personal examples that you yourself have dealt with maybe in school or in your social life? Just mm-hmm. a few examples. Absolutely. Um, and I think this is, I'm happy you uh, asked that because one of my biggest pet peeves uh, I feel as though after the 2012 ruling of gay marriage under Obama's administration, a lot of people kind of felt that the fight was over. You know, gay people have got what they wanted and that's that. But, you know, privilege and um, oppression does exist systemically and culturally. So I'm going to start, I'm going to start by explaining my high school experience Um, I went to a performing arts high school, which was probably one of the most inclusive and diverse high schools in all of Florida. Um, But I still face uh, discrimination in some form or another. So I think I first realized um, the discrepancy between the education that I was getting versus my peers who didn't identify as the LGBTQ uh, plus community. Um, I remember sitting in my sex ed class and the entire lectures, like all of the lectures went, um, which was about two weeks, it went on for about two weeks, um, were all geared towards pregnancy, preventing pregnancy, and honestly, uh, straight people. And that was always something that kind of, it stuck out to me at first freshman year And especially because I remember I raised my hand and I uh, asked my teacher, I said, uh, is there, you know, I was just curious about um, the AIDS panic in the 1980s and how it relates today to gay people as well as straight people. And he started laughing and said, oh, all right, we're touching on that now. And not immediately, I kind of took a step back because it's like, what do you mean we're touching on, you know, sex uh, sex education for straight people the past however many weeks, but I ask one question, a legitimate question, and it's, um, you know, it's like, oh, it's almost seems like a taboo uh, thing. Uh, and that, know, that is mm-hmm. such a horrible feeling, I'm sure, mm-hmm. for a child sitting there wanting to also be educated equally as your peers were mm-hmm. being educated. Mm-hmm. And um, it's interesting to me because when I start thinking everything is fair and everything is becoming better, you point these issues out to me. Mm-hmm. Something as simple as sex, sex ed in school. Mm-hmm. Why are all mm-hmm. children not being educated? If we are accepting, why are we not mm-hmm. discussing all issues? It's funny you say that um, 
because I completely agree with you. And it's something I've asked myself for a while. Why is not Why is it so taboo to just discuss something so natural and human? And I kind of want to bring that back a little, like a little history lesson, uh, you know, with the very destructive stereotype of gay men having AIDS that really started pretty much in the seven, late 70s, early 80s. Um, I think a lot of that systemically is still present and, you know, super interesting. So I, a little backstory, um, I was a member of the National Honor Society. And as a member, I have to get a certain amount of community service hours every semester. So one uh, semester, the school said, if you donate blood at the blood drive, um, you would get a specific amount of hours. So as all of my friends and I did, we said, great. So I signed up for the blood drive as my friends did. And I remember it was really bizarre. I walked in, you know, I walked into the uh, bus and they handed me a laptop with a questionnaire. And I was going through the questionnaire and I got to a question that said, if you are a man, have you had sexual relations with a man in the past? I want to say it said three months. The next question, a couple questions later was, if you are a man, have you had sexual relations with a man in the past year? And then it also went to dive deeper into, honestly, my personal business to ask uh, what, you know, sort of, if you're a man, what sort, if you have, what sort of sexual activities have you had with other men? And after filling out that questionnaire, I was not allowed to donate blood. I did not receive any community service hours that all of my straight peers did simply on the basis that they were straight. Again. That is so horrible. And, and it ended up with me, honestly, on probation for National Honor Society. Yeah. It's still amazing to me that these type of things are happening. Um, what about any challenges in college? Absolutely. Um, you know, I think being a part of the LGBTQ plus community, the unfortunate truth is as nothing changes currently systemically, um, there's always going to be concerns wherever I am my entire life. Uh, I would say in college, one of the biggest things I noticed was my fellow LGBTQ plus peers that were in a part of Greek life, whether they were involved in Panhellenic or IFC. Um, I have both girlfriends and guy friends that are uh, extremely afraid to come out to their fraternity or their sorority in fear of being shined, outcasted, or bullied. And that, of course, it, it, and it is that kind of culture is almost promoted. That's so unfortunate. And again, here I am naively thinking that everything's getting so much better. And then the fact that people are still facing these challenges, it's really sad. Um, what are some of the personal fears that you have? I know we've discussed your challenges, but what are some true fears that you have? Honestly, a lot. Um, you know, I honestly fear walking out of the house every day, 
whether it's subconscious or conscious, there's always the idea, hmm, is someone going to target me because of my sexual orientation? And not even because of my sexual orientation, but because I appear to fit the stereotype of my sexual orientation, which is another issue. Um, I've had people in elementary, middle, high school, and now just drive by in their cars and yell derogatory slurs at me uh, or on the streets. And um, it is one of those things where I have to think about that every time. And, you know, really upsets me because I feel as though I've, you know, had my fair share of, uh, you know, derogatory slurs or you name it thrown at me. And I feel as though everyone, uh, all of my friends, you know, when I tell them, it's almost like, oh, you know, they're, that's on them. Like, he's rude, whatever, ignore him. And that's, I really hate that. And I hate that that's such a common um, out because it's super easy to stick your head in the sand. And, you know, it's not just that, you know, it's why should I feel lucky that he just, you know, used the, or called me the F slur rather than punched me in the face, you know, because that's not lucky. That's still derogatory and it is still prejudice. Yeah. I mean, it almost sounds like people are saying people that are being mean or cruel or homophobic, you know, that's just part of the course. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not okay to be gay, but it's okay to be mean, cruel, and homophobic. And promoting that is just absolutely not acceptable. Mm. I do remember a few months ago when you called me very upset about something that happened to one of your friends when you were all out one mm. night at a club. Mm -hmm. Can you share that? Absolutely. Um, you know, we were at a club in Tallahassee and one of my friends who is like me identifies as gay he was coming out of the bathroom minding his own business and some man came up to him started shouting uh derogatory slurs at him in regards to his sexual orientation and then continued to beat him up until security eventually saw and was able to somehow extinguish the situation, but they did even ask my friend to leave after it to extinguish the entire thing, which I also extremely, was extremely bothering. That's, that's horrible. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so as a mom mm -hmm. um, that has a child that's gay, I'm often asked the question, which I hate this question. People will say to me, do you believe people are born gay or do you think they choose to be gay? And, you know, for you, I can say, I believe you were born gay, mm -hmm. but I also am so bothered by that question because I feel like it's irrelevant. People should have the right to love whoever they choose to love. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? The mm -hmm. born gay or mm -hmm. choose to be gay? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that, you know, I, I think that you're absolutely correct in the sense that even if, if it was or is not a choice, it does not matter. Um, to kind of give you a little, you know, science lesson, 
I remember I, when I took AP psychology at my senior year of high school, my teacher, I learned so much in that class. And I remember she was talking about a study that really um, stuck out to me and it was on the hypothalamus and its relation to sexual identity. Um, so just kind of, just to give you a little more information, uh, she had explained to us the hypothalamus is what stimulates our pituitary gland, which allows us to release sex hormones. Now, sex hormones and sexual arousal and desire obviously have a direct relationship with each other, and the hypothalamus is developed before the genitalia. Within the womb, that being said, it can be concluded after this study that um, sexual identity is much more responsible uh, is much more uh, intact with your hypothalamus and actually a cluster of cells in your hypothalamus that allows for fluidity and sexuality rather than your genitalia and you out of the womb determining, you know, what you are or not attracted to. So basically, whether you're attracted to males or females, that that is developed before prenatally. Yep. Prenatally. That's very interesting. And like I said, the hypothalamus does develop even before the genitalia. So it's one of the first things prenatally. Well, it's interesting to me because um, historically, there were many, many gay individuals. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't a problem. And mm -hmm. somewhere along the line, it became an issue. Mm -hmm. It's funny you say that, you know, um, Actually, in ancient Greece, as well as in ancient Rome, homosexuality was actually celebrated and uh, um, it wasn't frowned upon. It was quite common and quite culturally accepted. Now, unfortunately, I'm sorry, ladies, they were sexist. So it was more culturally accepted for two males to be together than two females. However, the idea of homosexuality was talked about. It wasn't something that was taboo. It became taboo, I would say, um, the minute, you know, universalizing religions and cultures kind of started spreading around the world with the intent to, uh, well, change another culture and to, for them to adopt their beliefs. Yeah, too bad. Um we didn't keep that going forward. <laughs> we would be in a much better place right now. Yeah. Um, you know, wow, this is a lot. But I have to tell you that all of this, it makes my heart so, so sad to know that the LGBTQ plus community mm -hmm. is still facing so many challenges and going through so much. Like, it's just so unfair Mm -hmm. And I'm just so sorry that you have to go through all this. Well, and, you know, kind of back to what I first touched on at the very beginning, I don't even have the worst. I am privileged to be Caucasian as well as to be cisgender, which for those of you that do not know, someone who is cisgender, all it means is that you identify with your biological sex Hence, transgender means you transitioned out of your biological sex and you identify with any gender now. Um, but that being said, I'm privileged to be cisgender and I am privileged to be white. And there are people in the LGBTQ plus community that don't have those same privileges as me. 
And I've come across a lot of peers, friends, and people I've gotten super close with that, you know, their families had said to them, if you were to ever come out to us, we would kick you out of the house. Um, I have friends who have attempted suicide because they're so scared of how their family would react if they came out or how their peers would. Um, and then I kind of just want to bring a little stats into this. Uh, there was a study done by the Trevor Project in 2020, and it reported 68% of LGBTQ plus youth suffer from anxiety, 55% suffer from depression, 48% have reported self-harm, and 40% seriously considered suicide within the past year. And this is all boils down to they, they do not feel loved and accepted by their peers in society. Wow. So, you know, it, as a mother that has always been accepting, but mm -hmm. I also know that you yourself have mm -hmm. been faced with anxiety mm -hmm. and I'm sure a lot of it stems from this, mm -hmm. even though you've had a very supportive family. Um, you know, just the simple fact that I have to realize that not only you, but that other LGBTQ plus members have to fear walking down the street mm -hmm. without being beat up, fear going in a restroom without coming out and being punched in the face while they're just having fun with their friends. Like mm -hmm. just all of that for me is just so, so heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. um, I really want to thank you for sharing such personal things and um, helping us to better understand because I'm sure a lot of people like me, they think, mm -hmm. oh, it's great now. You can get married. You know, we have pride month. So you're all good. And there's still so much work to be done. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, again, thank you so, so much for sharing this. I know that's not easy for you. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any final message? Uh, yeah. Uh, I think especially in America, you know, we're supposed to be a country founded on diversity and freedom. And, you know, kind of like I've mentioned before, in most countries, any same-sex activity is outlawed or not recognized, in some countries even punishable by death. And in a country that prides itself so much on progression and diversity, I just, I think my final message is to say, uh, you know, let's tap into who we are. Let's actually become more diverse. Let's actually become accepting because that is at the end of the day, what America is supposed to be. But, you know, systemically, there's a lot that still needs to be done. Yeah, I mean, we always... As Americans, you know, something we're so proud of is our freedom. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But yet, then we take away the freedom to love who you want. We take away the freedom of basic human rights from people. Mm -hmm. So um, that is something that we truly do have to work harder. Absolutely. Absolutely. I really just, I hope that people change. I hope they grow up. Um, have Do you, you, because mm -hmm. you experience it. Do you have hope? Is there any hope? <laughs> yes, there is hope. Um, 
You know, it's funny, had you asked me this a couple years ago, I probably would have said, I feel like we're sitting stagnant. Like I had said before, um, I feel like a lot of people thought the, you know, issue of the, honestly, that LGBTQ plus rights, and I use that in air quotes, was solved when we legalized gay marriage. And obviously, not only is that just a subset of the LGBTQ community, but it that wasn't the end uh, systemically. So had you asked me that question a couple years ago, I probably would have said we are sitting stagnant right now um, with, I think a lot of people uh, had their heads in the sand. I think much more recently and more specifically when I got to college, I realized that there was hope, you know, for just ev everyone around me and to become more loving and accepting, you know, I, for the first time ever, had, I had a huge, strong group of guy friends, and they're all straight up at school, and they would not judge me for one second. I love them all, and um, so it's just kind of little things like that really do give me hope, and I also think as more and more issues are pushed into light, such as some of the issues I told you, you know, I talked about today, or even um, as far as the bathroom concerns of transgenders or non-binary individuals, uh, I do think as these issues come to light more, there is more of a promise for hope in the future. I would agree with that. And I think one of the platforms is having the opportunity to have conversations like this. Mm -hmm. this. This opportunity right here gives me hope as a mom. Mm -hmm. And I also, too, I also want to circle back as well and say, I 100% think that there's hope for the future. However, I'm still quite skeptical on how long it's taking us to get there. We'll get there because we'll keep fighting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I did want to say as well, there is the Happy Hippie Foundation to anyone interesting or interested in uh, joining in and helping to combat systemic homophobia or transphobia. The Happy Hippie Foundation actually created by Miley Cyrus is phenomenal and they aim to get LGBTQ plus youth that have been kicked out by their families and are homeless off of the streets and into happy, healthy homes. So just a little, you know. Yeah. And thank you so much. And mm -hmm, absolutely. Please remember, just because something is not your problem doesn't mean that it's not a problem. Let's all be better humans. Let's educate ourselves and let's be open. Thank you. Thank you. This podcast was produced by Stacey Buckley. Today's guests were Tesha Thompson and Cross Ayella. This has been a production of BD. BD and the BD logo are trademarks of Beckton Dickinson & Company or its affiliates. Copyright 2021 BD.